Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessa. I'm joined by John Clark today to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw, the season premiere coming out of the WWE Draft. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good. This is like, what, the, the third season premiere in two months that they keep saying? <laughs> but maybe this, yeah. is, this is finally the one. No, nah, I think this is finally the one. It's the new roster uh, coming out of Crown Jewel here. Um, you know, can't, can't say I'm surprised if they do these promotional things, but hey, it's a season premiere. And in some ways it felt like one, in some ways it did not. But uh, overall, just to, you know, dive into it a little bit in a more general sense, I thought it was a, a step in the right direction, an improvement in many ways. We'll get into all that and, you know, share our thoughts on it, obviously. But uh, before I before I do, just want, want to uh, remember, yeah, remind you all: this show, given that we do here, else someone is available on any number of streaming platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, the YouTube, YouTube out podcast, whatever maybe we've got you covered. So Eddie Zahari is saying this raw is good, and yeah, I mean, we always, I always say it, the bar is very low, but uh, you know, this was not bad. This was uh, this was pretty good, especially with the the idea that it was a season premiere, that it was. Uh, you know, supposedly kind of a, a fresh start in a lot of ways. Um, seems like everyone here is in good spirits here for that in mind. You know, Stephen Chambers saying we're always actually good. Uh, Bit Milligan's asking how we're doing. I and mean, again, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Like at the end of the day, John, I want Raw to be good. It sucks watching a three hour show and sitting through it, slogging on, and then coming on here and having to talk. Like, again, we get to talk about it. It's fun. We got, we got to do this for you all. I, I enjoy it every week, but when, when the show's not good, it's not as fun and here. It was pretty good. So we had we had the show start. It's a new era. And so Biggie uh, opened the show here, the WWE champion. And uh, we had immediately uh, after a, a Biggie promo talking about the, the tonight's uh, show is hosted in Houston. He was talking about the Astros. Very typical stuff. It was fine. Uh, Biggie's great at that kind of stuff. He was uh, he was interrupted by Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, uh, Finn Balor, and Rey Mysterio. And I guess I just didn't realize like raw actually did have you know uh, or as it does have you know a, a good amount of names here in the main event scene so that was kind of a pleasant reminder in my mind i feel like you know the narrative tends to be oh smackdown you know got everybody in the draft like what's what's we're all gonna do got these three guys and it's like okay you know we've got something here so uh you know all that's five of these guys in the main picture tonight uh all came from smackdown <laughs> Right, and that's we were going to talk about that. You know, um, kind of one of the, my takeaways for tonight was that, you know, yeah, Raw was better, but it was like a lot of that was centered on they were, you know, emphasizing the guys that came from SmackDown. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I like this segment. Like I said, it, it reminded me. I imagine other people may feel similarly that hey, Raw actually does have some like fresh contenders here for for the WWE title, some fresh matchups. Biggie hasn't really faced, obviously, hasn't faced any of these guys. Uh, very recently, but uh, even even in general, these are things we haven't really seen in recent memory. You know, Biggie versus in theory uh, any of the guys in this match, and then I, I was I was watching the main event that we eventually got. I'd like to see any of these guys face each other. Uh, Kevin Owens and well, not, maybe not Kevin Owens rounds. We saw that a lot last year, so maybe maybe not that one. But uh, and same with Seth and Rice. Maybe maybe not maybe not that those permutations. But Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, that'd be pretty cool. Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, that'd be a pretty fun match. You know, we do have these uh, pretty exciting possibilities here. So we had the all all, uh, all these guys making their cases for title shot. And I'm gonna pause here and say that one of my complaints about it was that. 
you know, it feel it felt like uh, again one of the running themes about you know they brought in these guys from SmackDown. I think we talked about this last week, John. Was that like uh, I think with a guy like Jeff Hardy, kind of they were kind of having him lose to Austin, Austin Theory. We haven't seen him yet. What he's gonna do on SmackDown, but the the uh, you know suspicion that they're gonna pretend like that didn't happen. That's a different universe on the other show. And that kind of was the case here. Where it's like, okay, they actually mm-hmm. did reference the Seth Rollins loss to Edge Crown Jewel and the Hell in a Cell match. Um, but otherwise, they pretty much ignored the fact that, well, they, they did ignore the fact Kevin Owens is getting jobbed out to, to Happy Corbin, getting beaten up by Madcap Moss. They didn't make any reference to, you know, Rey Mysterio hasn't really, run, hasn't really won, uh, won recently. So that kind of took me out of it a little bit. But uh, at least here, just before we get into the main event itself, uh, which we'll talk about later. What do you think about this this new main event scene for Raw and maybe some of the, that downside there? Uh, I'd say all four of these guys came over kind of on bad terms uh, as far as winning streak, losing streak goes. Finn Balor had just lost Roman Reigns. I get he was in King of the Ring, but then he lost Xavier Woods. We all know the story behind Kevin Owens and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Seth Rollins, like I mentioned, uh, he, who actually wins this match. But then do we just forget that he lost to Edge like twice horribly in the past couple months? And everybody's like, well, he beat him in MSG and everything. And I was like, well, that doesn't matter. Like that's obviously doesn't matter at this point. He lost the feud overall to Edge. So uh, that took me out a little bit. Uh, I'm interested to see what, how do they play this out going forward? Because we know with Survivor Series coming up, but we have these matchups that are, it looks like they're going to promote to be on Raw. I mean, we're getting a women's title match that's going to be on Raw. Next I assume week. maybe maybe in two weeks we get we get this Rollins and, and Big E match. I'm not sure until we can actually see what the plan is for Survivor Series. But, I mean, uh, so all in all, we get this fatal four-way ladder match. Break, break down the match and what you thought of that. I mean... Uh, I I saw you know I I didn't see the actual report I saw the headline from Fightful Select that there was going to be some big main event and it'd be pretty cool uh, and I didn't know what that was but my my interest was peaked and we had all these guys come out there and interrupt and then it was a ladder match and I was like wow and then not, not just a ladder match but a ladder match for a title shot and I was like all right you know that's pretty cool and even you know when Rounds was drafted to Raw I thought okay we're probably going to get that. Even you know, now that we know that he lost to Edge, I was like, that's still, again, in the WWE sense, they can just easily be like, hey, it, it's Seth freaking Rollins. He can, you can build up pretty, pretty easily like that. So um, I maybe I, I, I was able to kind of overlook that for the match itself because it's four incredibly talented guys going out there. A lot of matches make everything a little more fun. You see Kevin Owens out there taking horrible bumps that are just look absolutely brutal. Um, Rey Mysterio, the ageless wonder, continues to just defy Father Time. Seth Rollins, was, he's Seth Rollins, he's, he's great. And Finn Balor, he's great too. So all these guys going out there, you know, put on an absolutely great match. Uh, I I caught, I wrote it down in my notes. The entrances started at ten twenty five Eastern Time, so that was just about, you know, in theory, they gave this segment over half an hour, and then of course they they drew it out a little bit. The entrances, they did some other stuff, um, and it was, you know, so probably. 20 plus minutes. So that was good. Uh, these guys went out there. I saw at the end of the match, Finn Balor had like welts and stuff. Like they were not, you know, pulling any punches by any means. I thought it was very, very good. Um, you know, I really can't complain. You know, they put on a match like this. It's a, it's a fresh match. 
four of the best guys, uh, especially four of the guys that they got in the draft, but on, on the roster, uh, even in the company. And then you, you, you add in the, the title shot there. And as I mentioned, I, I feel like this could potentially at least kind of set up some things coming out of it here, at least for me, again, the idea that, that uh, Kevin Owens, Finn Bauer feud could be really, really cool. Uh, before a lot of people were kind of uh, making some uh, joke about Kevin Owens headbutting the ladder on his way to the ring, kind of like Goldberg headbutting the door. This guy was clearly fired up. He's very glad to be in the main event, not uh, dropping out to uh, Happy Corbin as he was on SmackDown. DJ pointing out that, um, you know, of course, with Kevin Owens now, a lot of the discussion is about his contract status. Reportedly, it will be expiring in January. So, you know, there, there's some. The writing is on the wall. The writing's on the wall in many ways, but uh, with this match here, the feeling, uh, as DJ's pointing out, it's like you would think they might give him the at least a, a title match, a title program, maybe try and give him to stay. Uh, didn't do that here. Not to say that it, it can't happen before, before that time comes. Not to say that he won't get a title match anyway at some point. We don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that is a little surprising, you know, that, that they could have kind of used that as a some incentive, I guess, but, um, you know, and I just, again, I, I, whether he leaves or not, I hope we do get to see him a feud with Finn Bauer. They had, a, they had an exchange backstage. I think that'd be very, very cool. He referenced that, uh, they, they've known each other for a long time. He respects them, but it just feels like there's something they could really do there. So I like that. Um, you know, and, and as for the result itself, yeah, Seth winning, I think it's good. Um, we saw Biggie get a very nice kind of signature win over Drew McIntyre. Feeding with a guy like Seth Rollins, very, very similar. It's like this could be a very nice notch in his belt, another uh, solid main eventer. Rollins can easily uh, match him as this very you know, despicable heel. I, I like it. They have history. Uh, Biggie defeated Seth Rollins for the NXT title way back in the day, so they could reference that. Uh, all these things. You know, There's just a lot they can do here. So the, the result itself was good. The possibilities come out of the match was good. Um, that's just saying that uh, the match was good, but she wanted Kevin Owens to win, which seems like a general kind of uh, takeaway here. And I, I would agree, but I think Rollins is a good choice. Um, what did you think about the match and the result? I mean, I thought the result was okay. I, I'm not really exactly sure what people were expecting as far as a winner. I mean, there could be pros and cons to each of the four. I thought it was predictable. Uh, I that's thought what, that's that what it, saying, yeah. I thought it was absolutely predictable when they ever announced the four that were going to be in it that this is what was going to happen, and this is exactly what did happen. Uh, and I'm not necessarily against that, but I, I just I'm not sure if they're going to do a title change yet. Nah, I can't see it. I mean, I will say this was. Sometimes you can tell like when WWE is trying not not to sound like you know overly critical, but like mm -hmm. this felt like a very intentional story where it's, we had a segment early in the show, we had an interview later in the show with Rollins, and then we had the match. Obviously, he won, and then uh, I th it felt like the show might have like the match may have like been missed time. There was like an extra minute or two, so they cut backstage. Uh, even after a, a, a stare down with Biggie, Rollins had a promo where he said, you know, I'm back better than ever. It's Monday Night Rollins. I'm Seth freaking Rollins. I'm going to win the title. Um, so they are, I feel like they are really treating this like a legitimate title program and and maybe leaning into the possibility that, hey, you know, Rollins could win the title. It's not like, you know, there's there was at least at one point a possibility that uh, I thought we might get Biggie versus Dolph Ziggler because they like to do that kind of thing. And, yeah. and there like, you're like, there's no way. And here it's like, no, like Rollins could win. Like crazy things have happened. Um, 
Eddie's saying, and kind of similarly uh, in terms of the storytelling, Eddie's saying that you know Seth winning is the right call. He's, he was the only heel, uh, at least the things currently stand. But um, and I kind of similar here. Ar- Arthur's wondering how long it would be before Seth does win the title again. I don't know. Um, you know, Biggie won the title what in that was just last month, right? So yeah. you know, I feel like we're definitely still just getting started with that. I, I would hope. Um, so I, that's kind of. Who knows? Uh, I mean, Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash cashed in, and this only lasted what uh, four weeks? I think three weeks. Fair. It's fair. <laughs> I, I hope, needless to say, that Biggie gets uh, a nice long reign. I uh, hope he. Got, I think they, there's a lot they could do here with this feud. More than one match with it, I think they could draw it out. Hopefully, not too too much. But I think this could be a pretty darn good story. You know, with Raw, like it's two really compelling characters, it could really kind of help Biggie show some progression and uh, character growth. So I'm all for this. You know, I've said in the past I'm not the biggest fan of Rollins, but I think he's really clicking right now as a character. Grandly, maybe uh, a little obnoxious at times, but I think it's good. So Eddie pointing out his uh, Seth last title match was two years ago. He never did. He never challenged the Universal Title over on SmackDown. So. Uh, that's also worth pointing out as well. That you know, he, it's been a while, so I can't complain about that either. Um, so I like it. I, I, I again, I have very few complaints about this, and we're gonna have to wait and see what happens with it. But you know, start to like the, with the opening segment, the match, and, and the outcome, all, all good here. You know, again, you, they really capitalized on uh, these new faces coming to Raw, and you know, that was kind of the theme of the night here, where uh, again, guys came over from SmackDown. And the, the first match of the night definitely reflected that as well. We had uh, three of the guy, three of the teams that kind of carried the SmackDown Tag Division for a solid amount of time. We had the Street Profits, American Alpha, and the Dirty Dogs uh, in a three-way match. And I, either they like, they changed this at some point early on Monday. Yesterday, they had announced that uh, RK Bro would defend against Age of and Omos. Yeah, and I guess they changed yeah. that. So then they had this this uh, tag team match, and I just didn't realize it was her title match later the same show. So I was like, "Oh, okay, that's a little different." All right, cool. So uh, of course we did see Archibald and Street Profits last week. So I wasn't quite thrilled about the idea of seeing that two weeks in a row as good as as good of a match it would be. American Alpha, you know, they felt like they kind of had an, uh, a strong start over on SmackDown, but they didn't really get booked all that well, kind of on the on the tail end of it. And then you had the the Dirty Dogs. Lost twice in a row to uh, Biggie and Drew McIntyre, so you know uh, didn't really want to see them get the the match there, but they won. This was a very good match. It was like what it really took me out of it though. It was a great three way tag team match. I liked it. Street Profits were great. Montez Ford, it's awesome. Um, also, reminder that I'd really miss Robert Roode's glorious theme song so much. That was such a good song. Um, I like the match a lot, but then it ends when almost comes out and attacks Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins in full sight of the referee and the match keeps going i'm like what what this isn't a this this is a normal match and the, and at first the referee's back was kind of turned so i was like all right you know fine but then i think when he attacked dawkins like he was like fully like, kind of looking at him like nothing um yeah so that, that was a little weird to me um not quite sure about that it was it seemed like an odd uh direction but um you know i will say dirty dogs they're former Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Rude and Ziggler, very, very talented. They've been around as long as they have for a reason. They're great. Uh, it was a very, very good match. And as I said, we did get it later in the night. And uh, that was good. And this, this was a fresh matchup, at least. But then again, as, as I was saying about Ziggler with a potential world title match, there was no way Archibald was going to lose here. 
but there are a couple points where I was like, are they actually going to do this? But no, no, no. Valkyrie Bro retained. It was good. I liked it. Uh, Seems to think it was a great match. Would be great to see Rude and Silver have singles runs. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that that would be good. But, you know, I think they're good as a team as well. So um, what do you think about this tag team title match and kind of the general state of the union, if you will, for the, the Raw tag division here? Well, in a similar situation as the main scene, we had three teams from SmackDown coming over here and battling for an opportunity at the Raw titles, of course. And then we have this end result that is a little weird that uh, Omos comes out and randomly helps this pair win. And then we get the title match later in the night, which, of course, like you said, was very predictable. And then... And I like this comment from Jim. I felt like I was watching SmackDown from a few months ago just with a red backdrop. Literally, it did feel like that most of the night. But SmackDown's always been good. And people were saying tonight that Raw was good. So is it really the booking <laughs> or is it just the roster? Right. Um, it's, it's interesting to think about that. But all things said and done as far as the tag division itself goes and what the future could hold, I want to see how long they're going to keep together Orton and Riddle before they kind of split them up and who that team would be to kind of take the titles from them. You would think it's going to be a heel team. Uh, I kind of want to see uh, Chad Gable and Otis get a better run than what they had. If we can't get Chad Gable as a single star, which people have been clamoring for for a long time, at least use him in an adequate manner in the tag division. And uh, I know him and Jason Jordan were tag champs briefly on NXT. And I think they were SmackDown tag team champions. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but uh, ever since then, really Chuck Gable hasn't really done a whole lot. This is a good chance to do that. And not to mention Otis hasn't really done anything either since being split from Tucker. So yeah, I don't, uh, the tag division is just, and, and I've been saying for months that they need to unify these titles. I still feel that way. I still think they should. They won't, but they should. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's potential here with American Alpha. Um, granted, again, I, I I wish they were kind of set up for a, a little more immediate success when they came over to Raw, but they weren't really doing anything uh, too, too much on uh, the tail end of their SmackDown run. Um yeah, but if you, if you build them up, I think you know the, the the potential is there. Gable's great. Otis, I've 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 made it no secret. I'm a big fan of Otis, so you know I, I hope they get built back up. But uh, you mentioned a minute ago about the future of Rocky Bro here, kind of looking maybe a little more long term. Eddie Zahari uh, saying maybe the Street Profits will take the titles from Rocky Bro during WrestleMania season, and kind of likewise, although maybe uh, a little more prolonged here. Do you just think split up Rocky Bro after WrestleMania? Uh, I do think if they play the cards right, Randy Orton and Riddle could be a really cool WrestleMania match. Like, you know, do the breakup on the road to WrestleMania. And then, you know, that, that feels like a story that pretty much writes itself. You don't have to try too, too hard to connect the dots there. Um, so I, I like that, you know, may, and that's Chris point out, maybe it will happen sooner and later. Orton will tune, uh, turn on Riddle soon. He can only take Riddle, uh, tolerate Riddle for so long. I mean, you got Riddle tonight talking about, you know, couples costumes for Halloween and, uh, saying that they wants to clean up the dirty dogs. Yeah, this is maybe one of those weeks where I actually, actually kind of liked Riddle's lines. It's it's very hit or miss sometimes, but when it works, it works. So I like that. Uh, Nesh Chris thinks he doesn't want Archibald to break up. I mean, I think, yeah, it's kind of like a cash cow. WWE's not going to want to break him up. Um, 
as long as it's working, I think they're going to try and like, you know, maximize it, get the most out of it as they can. So, but at the same time, as DJ says right here, I uh, saying it has to happen at some point. So again, I think that it would definitely be a good uh, WrestleMania program. So I'm, it's October now, so we can enjoy our Cabro presumably for the next couple months. So I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts here. Something I did not necessarily enjoy so much was Keith Bearcat Lee. I, I listened to an interview before the show. It was out of character, Ryan Satin. It was Keith Lee taught, like, kind of previewing RK Bro a little bit. I was sorry, previewing Bearcat a little bit, talking about the differences with the character. And, uh, you know, didn't give anything away. I was saying it was more just kind of the this competitive side of him. It's made it sound kind of cool. Like, okay, it's this, you know, legend, you know kind of badass character, whatever. And then yet we got this video promo, kind of like last week, saying he'll be calling his way to Raw. I'm like, all right, something about this this cracks me up every time. It's just like, oh, like that. The writer was on the wall there. Then that there was like bear roaring sounds during the promo, and then John Keith Lee actually roared during the match several times. And I just imagine like uh, during the during that interview I mentioned, he was saying that Vince McMahon has been very hands on the character. So I'm just imagining like this conversation, like, all right, Keith, well, during the match, I want you to roar like a bear couple times because that's good shit pal like oh my gosh like oh what are we doing like i'm glad okay 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 i'm glad we're doing something with keith lee all right because for a while he was off the show entirely clearly they're doing something many weeks we say like they're not trying there's they, or there's, there's a lack of effort they're trying something so i commend them for that but this is not what i wanted um, you know, for a while, I really, really thought at some point Keith Lee would, would join the Hurt Business. DJ's pointing that out as well. Maybe even with the Bearcat name, bring it back and have him join the Hurt Business. And then he's facing Cedric Alexander of the Hurt Business. So don't know what that's about. And then with that, um, it was pretty much a squash match. So, um, like, with that in mind, like, why did they uh, reunite the Hurt Business in the first place? Like, like just... Some things don't, again, a lot of progress on the Tonight Show. Some things not so much, but, uh, you know, Keith Lee was roaring a couple times throughout the match and then, you know, won pretty decisively. So, Bearcat is off to a good start here on Raw, John, at least in terms of the win-loss the win uh, record. Yeah, and I'm fine with the whole gimmick. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, because I know that he said that he had a say in this and he enjoys it, and that's fine. And honestly, his roar is kind of believable. I mean, it did sound pretty <laughs> good. It was pretty good. It's a good bear. Uh, I'm willing to see where they take this and, and how they push him and everything like that. So I don't necessarily want to jump to a conclusion and say it's going to be terrible because it might not be. Uh, and I think uh, he did get a little bit of new theme music, if I'm not mistaken, just yeah. with the roars and stuff yep, like that. Yep, of course. Uh, so I, I, I was fine with it. It was cool. Uh, ironically, though, uh, speaking of new theme music, Damien Priest gets a new video entrance, a new theme, a new presentation, uh, and a much, much more aggressive character tonight. He takes on T-Bar, who Eddie also mentions had a little bit of new theme music. He just kind of had a, a couple beats edited into the existing one. Uh, DJ doesn't like the new entrance. Uh, I didn't have any complaints. I thought it was it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I prefer the bow and arrow thing, I assume, but this was still pretty good. Uh, the match with T-Bar, like I said, 
Uh, T-Bar actually showing some good in-ring things here. Some Dominic Dijakovic action here is what I, I got vibes of here. He loses because he throws a desk chair at <laughs> Damian Priest, who then like literally destroys T-Bar with this desk chair. Uh, and and I agree, DJ is teasing and implying that maybe Priest is going heel. That's the vibe I got tonight. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, he's not a baby face by any means. <laughs> Gotta be no. somebody else. But, yeah, like that was, it, it would have made it a little, maybe it would have been a little more like obvious if it was a baby face. Although, heading into the match, like Damian Priest was the clear baby face. So, that would make that would have been a little weird in itself. But uh, for me, at first, we had the, um, I knew something was off. Like they had like the, the new video screen with like this half demon and angel kind of thing going. There's definitely like yeah. the, the uh, archer of infamy days are behind him now. Not sure what the new thing is. I'm curious to see what it is. Almost just like possession kind of thing. Like, he like just like snapped after the match. And then of course the new theme, I don't know. I, I like the old theme, you know, I, I, people seem fired up about it. I did. I like the old theme, you know, I, if, for me, it's interesting because theme songs can be a really important part of a wrestler's kind of, you know, identity in a lot of ways, like what they're associated with, what people get behind. I, I mentioned earlier in the show Robert Roode with his glorious song, people get behind it, and like it's it's it can be how you get over. Not to say that was the case for Damian Priest, but some people definitely did seem upset about that. Uh, for me, I was I was more upset that T Bar is still T Bar, but but you Johnny mentioned Indigo having that those shades of Dijakova uh, kind of shine through a little bit. Uh, and then this brutal beatdown, I was like, maybe he got beat down so bad. He'll be like kind of written off for a couple of weeks, if not longer. And then also he'll come back hopefully at some point soon uh, as Dijakovic uh, and, and remind everybody like, like this is a, a guy that can really go. Uh, and because T-Bar, the, the, the name and the gimmick itself, all of it has been weighing him down. So maybe it'll be the silver lining. For Damian Priest going heel, yeah, this was definitely the, the, what I got. Beating a guy down, that's not a very babyface move, you know, just kind of attacking him after the match like that. To the extent that Priest did, that definitely felt like the uh, the, the direction there. Uh, if it's a gradual thing, if it's a slow burn thing, this felt pretty abrupt. So uh, we're interested to see what happens next week if he's like, out there facing, I don't know, more uh, other heels or, or, you know, we'll kind of have to wait and see about that. But um, I, I think this is where they're going with it. It seems interesting to me, I'm not going to say good or bad, but he was really, he was really getting over as this, you know, genuine baby face. People got behind him and liked him. He was teaming with bad bunny and he had a good run and he won the title. Good match with Seamus. Um, so that seems a little odd to me to kind of just like, so quickly kind of, Go the other way, you know. It's it's like usually sometimes with that, I expect you know the, them to make make a switch when the crowd's turning on them. John, you and I were talking last week about MSK, something like that. But the crowd was still kind of you know clearly behind him. So you know it seems again interesting, maybe of the timing at least. But uh, but then you think you know they have Biggie as a champion. Maybe they do want to build Priest up as you know legitimate kind of main eventer. So when your top guy's baby face, you need to kind of have a heel. So. I think that makes sense. You know, it's not not the most like wild thing to have have that kind of be the potential reasoning there. So, you know, um, again, I I may have been very harsh about the Bearcat thing, but here I'm like, all right, no, we, we've seen Dan Priest has, has gotten over, so um, that's kind of my read on it. Where it's like they probably do want him to be uh, stepping up even more to, to that next level as potentially you know a, a WWE title challenger. So. 
I think that could be good, uh, especially that, like depending on the feud here and depending how they kind of handle it. Um, if he drops to tell somebody, I don't really know, but um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it could be interesting. Again, I think it could be good for him. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, how quickly they make this adjustment if there is one. Yeah. You know, and without mind, you know, I think uh, Eddie's saying we could see Damian Priest versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Did Shinsuke stay on SmackDown? I believe. Correct. Yeah, yeah I think we, we, had, we had him face Corbin on Friday. Survivor yeah. Series for yeah, maybe. title. That could be interesting. So I like that. Um, and that's exactly what Eddie's saying. Yeah, see my Survivor Series. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, some of these champions and champion things. That's still a couple weeks away here. But uh, in the meantime, uh, well, well, oh, one, uh, we, you know, we had some of these kind of uh, these new faces coming over. The, these uh, this one, we had some fresh matches and some not so fresh matches. Uh, we had yet another match between Carmella and Liv Morgan. My gosh, I don't know why we needed to see more of this. And again, I think part of the the thought process or, or uh, the way that it felt like tonight's show came about or came across to me was that like, it was very much framed like people who, uh, f- for people who, who have not been watching SmackDown, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, Liv Morgan and Kamala are here now and you know, they're they're and they're feuding and we're not going to really mention they've already been feuding or anything and we're going to keep doing it. Um, and, and, <laughs> with Morgan lost again. Oh man. I don't, I don't get it. Like the crowd is literally chanting, like pretty much go live. Like we want, we want you to win. Like, come on. And then live loses again. And the champion right now is a heel. It's like, and and literally there was an interview. um, I think it was right before extreme rules where she had said uh, right before Becky Lynch left, she had told Liv Morgan backstage, like you're going to be the champion. Like while I'm gone and she didn't get to do that. But now that story could, could uh, tell itself of like, oh, now they're both on the same brand. There you go. And she loses on the first night on Raw, uh, back on Raw, I should say. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, <sighs> It's um, very odd because Carmella wins and they do nothing with her anyway, even though she wins. Uh, they'll do 50-50 booking. She'll lose to Liv Morgan next week. Uh, I, I just don't understand what they're trying to do here. It's going nowhere. Uh, summarizing more of the women's division, the tag champions, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash, are doing nothing. They're not on the show. They're just on social media and meeting with fans in the parking lot before the show, <laughs> and that's their highlight. And then, of course, you have Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, which is a, another continuation from the SmackDown that we saw at the beginning of the show tonight. Uh, it was a very good promo work from each. I will give it that. Uh, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, as you said earlier, are scheduled for a championship match next week, which we can all assume Becky will win. Uh, interesting that she noted tonight that she never lost this championship since WrestleMania 35. She gave it to Asuka, and then she now basically was handed it back after handing it away. Uh, so, and then of course she's going off about how since WrestleMania 35, she has not spent one active day on the roster where she has not been a champion. So that speaks volumes as well. This match, I think next week will be good. It always is between Bianca and Becky, especially both of these individually are very good in the ring. I thought, and like I said, Bianca's promo was very good. 
she talked about how Becky is just jealous that, you know, basically call her out for being a heel and that I'm the face now. They like me. They don't like you. Uh, and then Becky kind of had that facial expression where like, yeah, you're right, but I'm not going to say that. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to how they – is it going to be a clean finish? Is Becky going to do a roll-up pin again? Is she going to grab the tights? What is she going to do? You seem to think it's not going to be clean as a whistle for Becky Lynch, but I think you can agree that Becky will at least walk out with the title, whether that be DQ or whatever. And then an interesting – all of a sudden, an extremely interesting scenario that we could get Becky versus Charlotte as Survivor Series because everybody knows there's real beef. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but uh, I will say the the promo, like all of it here, the the, the segment. This is exactly, well, especially with Bianca. This is what I wanted. She finally showed some some aggression. Like she was mad. She was like, um, you know, this is she's not she was not the happy go lucky uh, Bianca that she's been this whole time. Like Robert and I had been talking about it for weeks, if not, really months. Uh, two ever since SummerSlam that she's just been still skipping around, being happy. Um, since Becky beat her in 26 seconds at SummerSlam, like, no, she should be mad. Like, she should not be happy. She just want revenge on this person. And we feel like she's been slowly showing it a little bit the last couple of weeks. We finally really got tonight, uh, where she very rightfully said, like, no, you, you didn't pin me at a crown jewel. I like, I was very, very close to winning. As uh, and so you can't be saying like you beat me because you didn't. So uh, she very good promo there. And, and Johnny's mentioned that, that she was saying she's the, the face of the, of the company, people like her now. Um, so that was good. I like that. Uh, and for me, I've said before, I'm not, I've not been the biggest fan of the heel Becky Lynch stuff, but I thought this is uh, the, one of the better outings we've had from her in that regard. Uh, good promo. And she, one thing she had said was that uh, Bianca had this great run. You know, she won the Royal Rumble, all these things, beat Sasha Banks, beat Bailey, but she was only able to do that because Becky wasn't there to like stop her stop her ascent to the top. I thought that was pretty good. And that kind of made me think a little bit. And also like, I was very, very critical of the title exchange, but then Becky, I just, I overlooked the obvious Becky never lost that title. So like, it actually makes some sense in a way, like in a, in a roundabout way where it's at least more, um, I don't say acceptable. It's easier to kind of like, you know, understand and, and get behind and kind of fight, fight against a little less because well, she didn't lose it. So uh, I like the segment. They brawled. Uh, a candlestick came out. So I was like, are they going to do a stipulation match? I don't know. I fully expect they're not going to do a clean finish. They never do. If they do next week, I'd be very surprised because they're going to want to keep drawing this out. Uh, even if they if they do wind up doing it back in Survivor Series, Stephen Chambers pointed that out as well. Um, perhaps even you can find the belts. I don't know about that, but uh, it does feel like that might be an option. For the the match might be an option for Survivor Series. Uh, but it feels like, and I will say that this this was what the one exception for some of the rematches we saw at night. Yes, it was it was a season premiere, and we saw lots of new matches. We saw some rematches as well. We'll talk about the the Zelina Vega and uh, Dewdrop rematch in a minute. But um, and it, I I thought we were getting Arky Bro versus Styles, and almost I guess they changed that. So this is one of those other like kind of and uh, Morgan and Carmella. But here. It makes sense. Like it would be very, very odd if they both went over to Raw and and Bianca wasn't like, oh, we're both here now, and I still want my title. Like that would make even less sense. So like this was the exception to me. Where I'm like, I, I'm fully okay with this continuing for now. I don't want it to be like December and it's still going because at this point, you know, at that point, I should say it would already have been since August, really. So, um, but yeah, of course, the the elephant in the room. Uh, we're not really sure how much is smoke and how much is fire, but. In some 
you know, very, very, various reports have said that after the tug change on SmackDown, Bianca, or sorry, Becky and Charlotte had a, a conversation of sorts about the, the title exchange and how it went down and, and Charlotte kind of uh, pulling the title away, the title being thrown, all these things, and the, title, the, the segment all went off the rails. And there have been differing reports about, you know, the, the, the aftermath, the fallout, the, the perception of Charlotte Flair and whatnot. I don't want to get into all that because I don't want to be talking about things that aren't really confirmed or anything. But we do know that there was, they, they had words. And it was controversy, and it has been kind of the the talk of the wrestling world here. So, um, you know, it's definitely worth talking about, like, you know, especially with the idea they could be potentially facing each other at Survivor Series. Like, I don't know. That could that could be, you know, sometimes the, the best feuds and kind of tie in real-life stuff, and that feels like a chance to do that. Yeah, and of course, a couple months ago, we had a similar situation with Charlotte and Nia Jax that were reportedly exchanging pretty much a legitimate hits in the ring back and forth. And then uh, afterwards they were apparently okay. They went about their business, but, and then of course, now that we have this potential match in a month uh, between these two, I don't know because if we do have this match and there are issues and the rumors that have been going around that really um, nobody has been wanting to work with Charlotte for various reasons, whether uh, either because she wants the attention to be about her or she doesn't isn't safe or whatever that may be people always have their reasons but the fact of the matter is um it's been a, a rumor backstage for a while that nobody wants to work with her but and now it appears sasha will be uh, we haven't really heard anything about where this is going to go or how far it's going to go just that they were going to keep an eye on charlotte this friday in, in wilkesbury pennsylvania to see if she handles herself better. Uh, and let's not forget uh, another report that had came out that from Fightful, I believe as well, that Sonia Deville <laughs> was also very upset backstage to the point where she also wanted to uh, have a physical confrontation with Charlotte. And that is another interesting aspect because it's almost like it's, it's a lose-lose in a way because, look, this company cannot afford to lose Charlotte Flair. Even though everybody is saying, oh, they'll be, they would be fine without her. Essentially, they would be, but the competition would be much better off than in that case because we know where she would go. Uh, and then the other fact of the matter is that people are going to have to get over it and just get past it and work on it because uh, I really do believe it would be a, a devastating blow. Worse than Adam Cole. Worse than Daniel Bryan. If she left and i don't think that anybody wants that right now i don't even think charlotte wants that i think that things just went and and they said you know they backed themselves into a corner again by having these championships on separate brands for the second time in three years and that's just how it went down and there was really nothing they could do so they had to try to do what they could do and it's what happened. Uh, one thing I want to mention in the women's division as well on the Raw side is that uh, it's very interesting that uh, Becky Lynch is a champion, and we have Asuka on the shelf that will eventually be coming back because she's on Raw as well from what we have seen on, on a recent report as well. Correct. And she's the one that took the title from Becky Lynch, and there could be something there. But let's talk about the other, uh, the remaining women's segment tonight, which was Lena Vega and Dewdrop. Queen Zelina doing a promo in the ring, basically saying, I don't know what kind of queen I'm going to be yet. I could be nice or mean or fair or not fair. We'll see how I feel on the day. And then we have classic backstage 
six women watching on the TV, Natalia Tamina, who we haven't seen in a long time, and then we had Liv Morgan, uh, Dewdrop, and I believe Carmella was also I, there. I think Rhea and Nikki were the, like featured in that. Yes, like, yeah, they were you know, as well. They five walked second by. clip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know that so, was the one spot. Yeah, show. so then Dewdrop visibly gets upset and leaves to the ring. They have a match. I thought maybe they would go 50-50 booking, but then I'm like, well, wait, Queen Zelina's the queen. She's not going to lose, of course. Dirty tactics again. She wins. I think that's going to be the story of her queen reign here is dirty tactics winning. Uh, what do you think about the potential queen run we're going to get from Zelina? Um, I We talked about on the, on the Crown Jewel show, and Previous booking aside, I thought she was the, the a good choice for the winner. Uh, I think that she has the the kind of uh, the personality to to make the the royal character work. I, I like that idea. Just kind of make the Queen Zelina thing has a nice ring to it. I like it. Granted, um, again, you mentioned on Friday that she had lost thirteen matches in a row heading in the tournament, which is crazy. And now uh, she's won f- four in a row. Yeah, four. In so a row. there you go. And I said on Friday, sometimes you, you just get hot and you, you you find you know that that one missing ingredient. There you go. You just start winning. And so, um, you know, I was curious to see how this night went for her. You know, she had I uh, early in the afternoon. I saw it, she had an interview with Sports Illustrated talking about her times now. It's her moment to shine. But I'm like, all right, well, you know, sometimes somebody will have someone win money in the bank king of the ring or whatever and then they'll, they'll just lose anyway like it doesn't really matter uh but here she had a coronation for me the bigger takeaway was that she put on a fake british-esque accent to sound royal which is kind of weird to me and she was like kind of going in and out of it and i was like oh because again i think there's a lot that she, she could do this character very very well i think there's a lot of money to it but then there's this kind of the fake accent like kind of I don't know. And the fact, because I, if I remember, she was kind of talking normally, and then she like kind of went into it, and I was like, "That's it. Like, if you're gonna do it, like, don't do that." <laughs> so that was that was kind of weird. Um, but one thing was that uh, Stephen Sherman was saying, "Yeah," uh, and we got several comments saying, "You knew they were gonna do, uh, you know, more the, at least one rematch, probably more, because she did cheat to be do drop here." So at this point, I'm, I'm expecting to see uh, this again next week. Um, and that, at that point, you had trouble probably win. I did like the the specific ending here, where we had uh, Vega un- unhook the turnbuckle. The referee goes goes to tend to that, and then while the referee is distracted with that, she gets the scepter and hits the dude up, uh, and it gets the one that way. I like that. Um, you know, that seemed kind of clever to me, kind of a little, you know, a little nuanced, I guess. Especially again, the bar is very low these days, so I like that. Uh, Finish on Nando pointing out that Booker made the accent work. I mean, yeah, King Booker probably more than anybody is the the one. King slap, or in this case, queen, but for he was the king, obviously. Uh, the one royal character coming out of a, a tournament, King of the Ring tournament win, that really made it work. Like King Booker, you know, probably will never be topped in that regard because he was, he was definitely the exception. Um, so I'm not saying that it can't work, um, but I'm not trying to sound like a jerk. Booker T is Hall of Famer. Like, I think he's a legend. You know, Zelina is great. I don't know if she is, has what, what it takes to do that. For not, I'm not thinking, book ah. How you about know. how about the uh, like? I don't want to say irony, but I guess we'll say stupid that Vince McMahon tells Zelina, "You were a queen when you got here, and now it's official." Since when did he think she was a queen when she got <laughs> there? Because she definitely wasn't treated that way. Like, what in the <laughs> world does that even mean? 
If that's all you're doing to Queen, my gosh, she'd be like thrown in jail, man. Like, yeah, like sweet the Queen with respect. Why even say that? Like, do you think we're stupid? Like, I she probably wasn't even buying that. Like, you don't look at somebody and say you were a queen when you got here, but you lost thirteen of your first fourteen matches. Uh, your only, and the only match you won was a qualifier to get into the Money in the Bank ladder match, which you didn't even come close to winning. So. Nope. Yeah, that was interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I thought it was pretty good. One more thing to talk about, and then I do want to circle back to the Lynch and Flair thing. So I got several comments about that. Uh, the one thing I did like, it was a little, little goofy, a little goofy, but I liked how they set up the Dominic Mysterio Austin Theory match, where Austin Theory coming out of his like his selfie thing with Jeff Hardy, stumbles into Ray and Dominic backstage. And he fanboys over Rey Mysterio. He's like, hey, Rey Mysterio, you know, master of the 619, you know, living legend here. Uh, do you want to can, can I take a selfie? You know, and, and obviously we know that he's kind of, you know, going to do him dirty, do something, you know, attack him or whatever. And, Dom, and then he asked Dominic to take a selfie because Dominic was in the picture. And then Dominic's like, I'm not a photographer in this in your locker room. So they kind of have some beef over that. It leads to a match. Kind of goofy. But, you know, at the same time, an actual like kind of reason to have a match rather than on the flip side, if they just went out there and had a match for no reason, that would have been like not not great. Uh, so I like this. And then coming out of this, Austin Theory wins. You have a match that highlights two kind of up and coming guys here on Raw, two guys new to Raw from uh, coming out of the draft. So I like that. Herman DeCar saying Austin Theory will be a big star in a couple of years. They're booking him very, very well. Um, he's being treated like a, like a big deal in a lot of ways as a uh, – you know, again, a bright rising star. So I, I'm liking this. I'm liking, um, you know, not a legend killer kind of thing, but like this, this kind of focus on the legends. Then he faced Dominic tonight. Ray losing the ladder match, I think, kind of might set up maybe a, a, at least a match between uh, Austin and Ray, maybe for next week, or you know, if not that, you know, soon, um, because he just beat his son and, and they had that interaction. So I think that's good. So yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, definitely something to do with that. And then. Depending on what happens to Damian Priest, Stephen Chambers saying you could do Priest versus Theory, maybe. I think that, I mean they have some history from NXT, so I think that could be something there. But uh, I like this. I thought you know this was one of the better parts of Raw with you know new faces on Raw being highlighted in, in a fresh match. Can't complain. Yeah, I definitely thought that uh, Austin Theory. I like what he's doing. This selfie with the ref after it was funny, and then uh, just the way that they're doing this with him. They're treating it much better than they did the last time. So I think that's good. Yeah. So I do want to give our ratings here. And then I said, uh, circle back a little bit to the Lynch and Flair stuff. So overall here, John, what do you think about this season premiere of Raw with the new roster tonight? Uh, I overall thought that it was a decent show and I thought it was average. I uh, went with a 7.25 out of 10, just a slightly above average, just because I thought it was fresh from a Raw standpoint. We'll see if they can rebound from their all-time low demo rating and close to all-time low regular rating. Uh, I think they should be able to rebound from that. Tonight's football game wasn't necessarily a strong one, and we did not have the World Series starting yet because that's tomorrow. NXT RIP game one of the World Series tomorrow night. Uh, but, of course, of course, basketball and hockey there. Um, but... You know, we're going to have that for the next couple months, so no excuses there. But I think they should be able to rebound from past performances. Yeah, it sounds like we've got, you know, some rough consensus. Uh, Nesha and Steven both giving a 7.5. You gave it, you know, roughly around there as well. Sean was a 7. Herman was a 7. 
Um, I always give it like a 7.4 because uh, I was feeling very encouraged by some of the good things we saw tonight. A little down about some of the other things, but, you know, trying to focus on the good by and large when I can. You know, again, trying to enjoy the joy raw when it's good. So Harmon with 8.4, you know, with a nice high score. Nando with 6.7 ducks. So above average definitely seems to be the, the rough consensus here. And hopefully they'll be able to keep it up next week. But for a season premiere, along with some continuations of, you know, previous things, I thought by and large was pretty good. And as I said at the beginning of the show, a pretty good improvement here. Um but yeah, like I said, I did want to circle back to the uh, Lynch and Foy stuff because we got a bunch of comments about that with Nando wondering uh, if we think they're going to punish Charlotte Flair for this. I mean, as John, John, as you said, I don't think so. Where, you know, it's Charlotte Flair. I think punishing her would be the last the last thing they want to do because, uh, like as you said, they don't want to lose her. They're, they're probably going to want to try and f- find a way to smooth this out. Um with as little blowback or, or fallout and slash consequences as possible. Um, Cause again, as you said, and Steven Chambers agreeing, it would be a big blow if, uh, if she did leave, I don't think that's going to happen at this point, at least anytime soon. Um, I'm, I personally don't really know when her contract is up. Uh, Eddie's saying it's, he saw one year. Nessa thinks she saw two. I'm not quite sure. don't want to say with any certainty. Cause I just, I don't know though. Um, so anyway, I, at the very least, I would imagine it's not like it's a month, two months. Like, which she, there, there's gonna be, there's time to smooth this out. There's time to kind of uh, fix whatever tension or uh, or anything there might be here. Um, and at the end of the day, like I don't even, I'm not sure like, the exact extent of things kind of maybe beyond this. But I, I, some of the reports are saying that really the perception was that Becky was kind of just standing up for herself, and that's all there really was to it in some ways. That it wasn't this whole big thing. Uh, I, I'm not trying to minimize it either, but I'm saying maybe it's not the, as big of a thing uh, necessarily as uh, you know maybe it's at first seemed. But again, pu- the the really bad thing is that this was in many ways avoidable. It's like they had the draft coming up. They you know they wound up having Becky and Charlotte on opposite brands, so they kind they kind of had to do this. Um, then they still want to do the brand split, so they want to have separate titles. It felt like there's were probably. Other options here, Nando saying that you know they could have kind of uh, a women's universal championship kind of thing where it's it's not brand specific, it's more just you know one A one B or whatever, uh, where it's just two main titles for women's vision, uh, uh, you know, and that that wouldn't be the craziest thing. AEW is doing their their TBS tournament for the women's uh, women's division there, so you know I think that would work. Uh, but again, at this point, it is very um, brand specific here, so. Um, but yeah, Nando again saying he wants to see kind of a more less brand specific thing, more of a secondary title. He's saying he would like to see them combine combine the division uh, into kind of one thing here. Maybe do a woman's IC title and do like a ladder match for that WrestleMania. Yeah, I think there are options. And again, that's why it's frustrating to see the situation happening. It's like you, Giant Mitchell, go that, that they book, book themselves into a corner. Um, and yeah, and again, uh, with the with the. Uh, Avoidability with Nasha saying that Charlotte, you know, if she lost title last week to Bianca Belair, you know, that would have avoided all this in the first place. So there's that. Um, you know, it's just it's frustrating because you see that and it blows up in this big thing. You don't quite know exactly how how serious it is. Um, and Nasha saying they, they escorted at least reportedly WWE escorted Charlotte out of the building on Friday. So that kind of was one reason why things kind of 
at least the, the perception of this of this uh, confrontation got escalated. It's like, oh, she got like escorted out of the building. Like there's, I think that was done to uh, deescalate it. But still, you know, this thing is kind of really uh, mushroomed in people in terms of people. Uh, you know, it, it's a big story. So um, and Michael Michael Cuffey weighing in saying that well, people don't understand that Charlotte has that ca ca um, cachet cash. I'm not yeah. <laughs> uh, she's been the workhorse and best female performer of all time. If it was someone kind of on the lower card, Selena, Liv, uh, Naomi, they'd be gone. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, Charlotte has that leverage and she wants to be respected. I think those, there's a lot of truth to that as well. Um, you know, I, I think realistically it's going to blow over. I could, I could be entirely wrong. I'm, I'm sitting here far removed from it. Just, you know, on, on the outside looking in, uh, it's Charlotte Flair. I don't think she's going to leave. Could she crazy things? It's wrestling. Anything can happen. So, you know, I don't know. Um, again, I imagine she, there, there's some time left where, it's not like she's her contract's coming up tomorrow you know like they have, they'll have time to try and pat any strain there might be i don't know i i think i don't know but um i imagine it'll, it'll be fine but you know, definitely a, a big story here another big thing here uh i think it was to yeah it was today that w released the, the pay-per-view schedule for next year which was definitely a little unusual where it's like they released the most of the pay-per-views really other than the saudi arabia shows wrestlemania confirmed to be two nights again that's a good thing uh mm -hmm. i like that and then uh one big thing is that a good chunk of pay-per-views on saturdays and we got asked about that as well john what do you think about more pay-per-views being on saturdays uh, I support that idea. I think it's interesting. It's weird how the they originally had revealed the July 4th weekend pay-per-view to be Sunday, July 3rd, but now it's going to be Saturday, July 2nd. So something uh, was, was done behind the scenes. They talked it out, and they decided to go about it Saturdays, and I think that's fine. Yeah, it's just it's funny to me. You know, I work Sundays and I don't work Saturdays. So, like, anytime there's a show on Saturday, it's like, oh, I'm not working. Like, uh, you know, um, and then like other companies still have shows on Sundays, but then like it's this weird kind of like the companies go back and forth. Like, sometimes they're on Saturdays, Sundays. Some of the shows will be on Sundays, but like by and large, it seems like at least for next year, uh, it is a shift to more of a Saturday heavy kind of schedule. Um, and to me, it's just kind of weird. I, I've always, thought of WWE pay-per-views as Sunday shows. Like that's the way it was when I was a kid. Um, so it does seem odd to me. I feel like there's this kind of maybe old school value of, of Sunday pay-per-views. I don't know if they feel more, it, I don't know, it feels right, I guess. I don't know. But that's Chris pointing out that, you know, especially for a lot of fans, you know, by and large, and whether you're going, going to the show, whether you're watching at home, uh, it's preferable because you don't have to, if you're getting up for work on Monday morning, then you're not staying up till crazy early, especially, you know, some international viewers, you know, depending on the hours, they're, they're up super late because of the, the time differences and everything. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's good. Um, good. Nice way to make like Saturday night fight night, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's good, you know, and I'm I'll be happy to solve some Sunday pay-per-views just as kind of a, a compromise. And we'll, I imagine uh, they I think it was February and I want to say October, I yes, believe. You're right. Uh, yeah. that, that that did not have uh, an event. I imagine it'll be Saudi Arabia. Uh, so one, one report su uh, suggesting that's the case. So we'll probably hear about that sooner and later. But by and large, not too too bad. You know, I I, I think it'll be good if anything. So uh, with that being said. 
you know, that's something I look forward to for next year. That's way off in the, uh, on the horizon. But otherwise here, John and I will be back here tomorrow. I guess now it's Tuesday. Tuesday night here for NXT, as always, NXT 2.0 uh, post-show. And then Robert, Robert and I will be back here on Friday to talk about SmackDown. Otherwise, we have a great stream of interviews constantly with you guys, whether it's talking about Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. I just want to take a moment to, to thank you all for listening. Seriously, we really do appreciate your support always. It means a lot to be to you guys spending your time with us. And, and, you know, you comment, you weigh in, and you, you keep the conversation going. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Uh, and it's, just, it's cool. We sit here and, and we... We, we watch wrestling and we, we enjoyed all of you. And when it's not good, we try to make the most of it. And when it's good, we talk about why it's good. So it's a good time. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you for watching the show. Uh, and remember, whether it's Raw, whether it's any other show, or any other company, we do one thing here. The wrestling above all others. And John, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.